bad opening for the Hang Seng as well. Uh, looks like it's down about 5% or indicated down about 5% at the open. That's about 1,100 points on the index. So that will take the index down to about 21,700 at the open if futures are right. Also, plenty of movements elsewhere in the commodities markets. Brent crude oil is off another 3% now following that historic collapse last week. Trading below $30, well below $30 at $27.34 a barrel. Uh, gold, right now that's at $1,497 an ounce. And the currency market's also moving around a lot as well this morning. The US dollar is weakening a little bit against the Japanese yen, trading at 110 and a half. And the British pound, and it's still at its lowest level uh, since about 1985, trading at $1.16.03. Thank you very much for listening this morning. Do please join me again tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock, and I'll have more business and financial market updates for you. The weather forecast, mainly fine, apart from some coastal fog. Maximum temperature, about 28 degrees. And the outlook is for it to be slightly cooler tomorrow. A few showers in the following couple of days. 23 degrees right now, 89% relative humidity. It's 8.31. Here's Samantha Butler with the half-hour news. A microbiologist says he expects the government will have to scale up measures to combat the spread of the coronavirus as a second wave of infections is underway. Dr Siddharth Sridhar from the University of Hong Kong was commenting as calls grow for the government to close bars, restaurants, cinemas and gyms. We've been taking a pragmatic approach of continuing business as normal as far as possible for the last two months. However, with this second wave and the rest of the world essentially collapsing under the burden of coronavirus, I think the uh, measures that we have to take are going to have to be scaled up. Bar, restaurant and gym closures and stricter social distancing rules. Hong Kong reported another 44 cases yesterday, some of whom had travelled overseas, while others attended gatherings in Lankai Fong and Soho. President Trump has announced increased federal aid to tackle the coronavirus in the hotspot states of New York, California and Washington. Field hospitals are to be set up, offering thousands of extra beds. A Navy ship is being sent to Los Angeles to provide additional medical services. Mr Trump told a White House news briefing that major disaster declarations in the worst affected states would help ease the situation. This is a challenging time for all Americans. We're enduring a great national trial, and we will prove that we can meet the moment. I want to assure the American people that we're doing everything we can each day to confront and ultimately defeat this horrible, invisible enemy. We're at war. There are now more than 31,000 cases nationwide and 390 deaths. Partisan disputes in the U.S. Senate have been holding up the swift approval of a huge coronavirus stimulus bill. The Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell urged Democrats to stop their obstruction, saying it was delaying aid and hurting financial markets. Democrats accused the Republicans of wanting to bail out big business. A Democratic Senator, Elizabeth Warren, said the priority should be workers and hospitals. Republicans say the $1.6 trillion bill is at risk if a deal isn't struck quickly. Senators from both parties have vowed to continue negotiating. And Germany is banning gatherings of more than two people in public outside work as it tightens measures to try to stem the coronavirus pandemic. Those who live in the same household are exempt. People will also be banned from socialising at home with others who are not part of their household. You're listening to the news on RTHK.
morning and welcome to Back Chat. I'm Hugh Chivert and your co-host today is Mike Rouse. Mike, good morning to you. Good morning, Hugh. A recent surge in the number of coronavirus cases continues with 44 more confirmed yesterday, bringing the total number to 317. 29 out of the 44 new cases had recently come back to Hong Kong from abroad, including nine students. Well, the Centre for Health Protection says the government will be stepping up control measures as necessary. When asked whether the government, when the administration should consider more draconian steps like closing restaurants and pubs. So is it time to close bars and restaurants or to reduce the numbers going? What about stopping all non-residents from entering Hong Kong? Are the IT measures supporting home quarantine actually working? Let us know your thoughts. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Bankchat on RTHK Radio 3. You can email us, bankchat at rthk.hk or give us a call, 233-88266 is the number. Joining us for our first discussion, we have with us now Paul Zimmerman, Southern District Councillor, and uh, we'll be joined shortly by uh, Alan Zeman, we hope, is the chairman of the Lang Kwai Fong Group, and uh, Charles Mock and Ross Feingold joining us uh, after the news at nine. Uh, quite a lot of emails, uh, as ever, on a Monday. Uh, some relating to last week's uh, discussions. Uh, this is one from Elliot that I didn't have time to get, and I will have to edit these for, for length. Um, this is one from Elliot that I didn't get time to, sorry, on Friday, who says, Here's another thought on the face mask debate. The expat excluding domestic helper population of Hong Kong is about 4% or 1 in 20 people. What is notable when walking around is that a very large percentage of this minority are not wearing face masks. However, if you also look at the ethnically Chinese people walking around, you will see that at least 1 in 20 and probably more of this much larger majority are also not wearing masks. So in absolute terms, there are ethnically, there are more ethnically Chinese people walking around without a mask than expats. Uh, Anna Fenton mentioned yesterday that she walked in Soho and saw lots of expats not wearing masks. That's because lots of expats go there. I was out for dinner in Taipo last Saturday at a restaurant, this was the week before, a restaurant where the uh, clientele was 97% ethnically Chinese. Uh, none of them were wearing masks. Wearing masks in crowds and in enclosed spaces like the MTR or if unwell does make sense and those are the current Department of Health guidelines. Wearing just one walking down the street or not coughing or spitting and minding your own business does not. I'm with Mike Rouse on this point, says uh, Elliot. Uh, JK says, the other day you asked for comments on the handling of the virus in, in Europe. Uh, my input, I returned last Sunday from a visit to Austria, Germany and UK and left with the impression that people were not overly concerned, continued to enjoy daily life and to party. Also, people were somewhat surprised when I used hand sanitizer in restaurants. Especially in London, I noticed a very casual attitude. As a general comment, we must regrettably note that Europe has been very complacent and totally missed the opportunity to prepare for the onslaught. They had an eight-week window but forgot to consider that viruses know no bad borders. When one mentions to them how Asian countries like Korea, Taiwan or Singapore dealt with the pandemic, they are somewhat surprised but also disinterested. Another related matter, we are now experiencing a new wave of infections by Hong Kongers returning from overseas. This increases the risk of a new sustained outbreak. Those arriving from Europe or the US may remain rather nonchalant after arrival and continue to socialise and party. This I suggest is uh, the, the, thus, I suggest it is highly desirable to broadcast non-stop this message for returnees. Please, please strictly observe the self-quarantine in terms of the in the interest of the well-being of the general public, and this includes your family and friends. Uh, you, J.K. says, by the way, I decided to self-quarantine, although I arrived before the start date of the government's new regulations. 
Bob says, Dear Back Chat, I'm sure you get a lot of comments regarding the latest outpourings from Trump's man in Hong Kong, uh, a.k.a. Mike, so I will keep this brief. Trump and the likes of his man Mike are proving what I have maintained for half a century to be correct, that the world should only trust America to do what's in its own best interest. Trump has clearly shown that he never worries about truth, honour, fairness or common decency. To him, any and all means are fair in order for the great American people to maintain their rightful place as masters of the world and to keep him in office. The world, especially its leaders, need to wake up to the example set by Trump. Can we ever trust the, wor trust the word or signature of an American president again? Can any of us, by implication, trust any American organisation or even individual uh, ever again? Good luck and good health to all of you. That's uh, from uh, Bob, uh, who says, uh, I'm English with Hong Kong ID... Uh, permanent ID. I'm older than the PRC and retired in Zhuhai with my Chinese partner. And finally, Herman says, it's interesting how pandems were so quick to condemn mainlanders at the start of the COVID-19 virus outbreak for irresponsible behaviour, even when mainlanders took precautions. But now that we have non-mainlanders who do not wear masks, act like everything is normal, and even lick MTR train poles, the pandems are noticeably, are noticeably silent on this point. Is this willful blindness or bigotry or both. That comes uh, from Herman. Uh, give us a call, 233 uh with your take. Paul Zimmerman, good morning to you. Morning. Thanks very much indeed for, for joining us now. Um, what about those proposals? What about, first of all, closing bars and restaurants? Do you think it's time to stop that? Well, I, I believe that it's, um, it's not the right time to do that. Um, I think that the, um, we, have, we don't have enough measures in place to uh, help these bars and restaurants to, uh, to get through the, uh, these awful times. Uh, I think the, uh, the emphasis should be placed on educating people and uh, make sure that we can move along and keep the economy turning, but at the same time that we make sure that we contain the virus. Well, how about and, switching them to out sales only? Well, out sales is, 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 is good, of course, and that, that improves and increases uh, business flow for uh, the restaurants that is, that is good too. Um, but the, I think it's better for the community as a whole to understand when to do what. And when you come back from Europe, go and quarantine. Um, you know, I met, I met a friend, I saw him walking and then I hadn't seen him for a while. And he says, oh, I just came back a day before the quarantine came in. And I said, well, why aren't you quarantining? And he was really surprised and he wanted to bend over and kind of like whisper in my ear and how bad it is that we have to do this. And this is crazy because I came from a part of Europe in a city in Holland where the virus hadn't gone out and it was in Brabant and not in Amsterdam. And he tried to explain it to me. And I was like, wait a second, why are you here? And I, so that understanding uh, is what needs to grow. And, and I think the, uh, the campaign that's been run by the, uh, the health workers, uh, we work for you, you stay home for us. I mean, I think that's fantastic and, and more has to help. Has I, to I saw that and I thought it was the most effective marketing uh, of the whole thing. Mm. The holding up those hand-painted, hand-drawn signs, we stay here for you. Please stay home for us. Yeah. I, I thought that says it all, really. And, then, and on the restaurant side, um, let's just come up with codes of practice that can work to keep them open. Can we have hand wash basins right at the entrance? Can you make sure that people that you know the, the tables are put further apart? Can uh, what can we do to keep things going? Unless government comes up with a scheme whereby they for the next 12 months, make sure that people's rent bills are halved or otherwise picked up 
if you keep your staff employed or you keep your staff but, but within the business. Let's face it, you've got, you've got 100 people all close together, all without masks if they're eating. I understand. So that's what I'm saying. You've got to come up with a code of practice that is going to work where you, you, put, you say to restaurants, guys, come on, fewer tables, keep bigger distances, make sure people wash their hands close. You know, like you've got to, you've got, but at the same time, you've got to work on the community to make sure that they behave. And um, for me, the most compelling images have not come from patients in Hong Kong but COVID patients overseas, where a friend of mine tells me that he's going through it and then he kind of lists all the symptoms and what he's going, what he's feeling. The, the, um, the patient in, in England that kind of coughs and sits in the hospital and compels on people don't smoke and take this serious. And, and you see her on the video, you see her gasping for air. Those kind of real images about really what's going on. I think people in Hong Kong has to become aware of what, what is really going on. But I must com compel, if we do not learn how to do both, keep society moving at the same time, deal with the disease, uh, we, we may have more uh, people die from the economy. And I give you a very stark example. Last week, at the end of a day, full drop in the stock market, I drive my motorbike out of the car park, Ramsey Street car park, and somebody had just dumped, and his body is right there at the exit of the car park. I mean, we get a, we got to understand that health impacts, the, the psychological impacts of these economy crashing, companies having to fire their staff, their long-term employees, uh, this is going to have a massive impact. And we got to, I know for everybody, it's that personal um, uh, medical fear is, of health fear is, is, is immediate, but we, as a society as a whole, we have to look at all and, and we have to find the ways of actually working together to make it work. Now, uh, on, our, on our Facebook page, uh, well, I introduced uh, today's program uh, by talking about uh, whether non-Chinese here are behaving badly in mm -hmm. Hong Kong, whether it's time to close bars and focusing on, on, on Lan Kwai Fong. We, as I say, we're going to have Alan Zeman, we hope, soon. Uh, Nig on Facebook says, shocking, this program is making it a race thing. People of all nationalities, races and colours go to Lan Kwai Fong and Soho because it serves alcohol. Uh, Mike Rouse too. I won't be listening. Uh, although Cam K says, I strongly advise taxi drivers not to drive into areas, especially Lan Kwai Fong, where bar shops everywhere. Peter says it's time for the bars to have at least a fortnight break to break the cycle of infection. Please don't make it a Caucasian against local thing. Everyone in Hong Kong needs to be uh, in this together. Uh, and uh, Andrew says until rents actually reflect the dire market situation of this once in a duration, once in a generation double black swan led recession uh, in Hong Kong, you can't expect establishments to fully commit to any isolation uh, measures. Uh, and uh, some uh, more emails. Uh, let's see. Um, this is from Matthew, who says, I agree that it's time for non-Chinese in places like Lan Kwai Fong, Discovery Bay and Lama to take the situation more seriously and mask up. However, it's not just foreigners. Yesterday on Lama and Chung Chow, several tour operators, including Wing On, organised huge fight the virus nature tours for hundreds of tourists. This included a very large Taoist group who claimed that they were there to pray for the evil virus to leave. Uh, obviously, this activity is blatantly against the government's social distancing. Most disturbing was that these tours arrived on packed rainbow seafood vessels, and according to District Council records, rainbow seafood is partially owned 
by the very pro-government South Lama Rural Committee Chairman and ex-officio District Councillor who was Chairman of the Islands District Council until this year. Go figure, that comes uh, from Matthew. Well, we're also joined now uh, by, uh, as promised, uh, Alan Zeman, Chairman of the Langkai Fund Group. Mr Zeman, good morning to you. Good morning. Uh, thanks very much indeed for joining us. OK, let's go straight in with some, some questions. This is from, from a listener. Uh, Alison says, a few questions for uh, Alan Zeman. Um, how many restaurants in Hong Kong has he heard of that have already closed? What is his forecast for further closures? Um, you know, since uh, actually the restaurant business has been very, very difficult. Um, since the protests uh, last year and then... And then uh, uh, now with uh, the coronavirus, uh, many, many of the restaurants are on what I call life support. Uh, I know just some of my tenants, uh, a few of them come to me and said, I only have enough money to last me until April, and that's it. If it doesn't improve, uh, I'm going to have to close after 23 years in business. Many, many heartbreaking stories like that. And uh, uh, to tell you exactly how many have closed throughout Hong Kong, uh, over the period, I, not, I can't tell you at this moment, but I know that uh, in, in, in the Lankwai Fong area, there has been, I've, got, I've had some closures, as well. I've probably had about uh, three or four closures already, um, who just could not make a go of it. And uh, obviously, what hurts me is, uh, uh, you know, the job losses that these, uh, you know, mm. operators uh, have and, and the people that uh, really have lost their jobs. And you know, in, in the industry, they're not very high-paying. You know, the, the, the chefs and cooks and, and, and the waiters, you know, they depend on tips. And, and really, uh, they, they don't, they're not high salaries, not very high. And so it, it pains me because they have a difficult time to, to find another job. All right, well, a, a follow-up question from Alison is, uh, how much rent concession has he provided to his tenants? Um, I have I've been on record... Uh, I've, you know, and, and in some cases, uh, I've given as much as uh, 40%, 30%, 25%, depending on the operators. Some operators uh, are, you know, uh, have not been down as much as others. And, and uh, what I found is a, a good operator in, in good times uh, really does very well. You don't really have to worry that much. They're down maybe uh, 20 25%. But operators who in good times don't do well are down more than 50 60 percent and so those are the people you kind of have to help a lot alan good morning i i I see in north america and europe they're closing the bars and restaurants for two weeks three weeks four weeks to break the cycle of infection Mm -hmm. do you think hong kong should go down that road i think uh it's something that uh government has to look at uh I think, you know, within the industry, there's about 250,000 employees in the industry, which is a fair number of employees. Well, I think uh, what places like the UK have done is uh, they've ordered everything closed. But uh, in essence, they've, uh, uh, the government will be uh, paying 80% of the salaries uh, to uh, the workers uh, while the closure is because, as I said, most of the operators uh, just don't have a lot of money. They work hand to mouth, most of them. And, uh, you know, you're not talking about a lot of big chains. It's not the IT industry. And so that that's uh, really difficult. Uh, it's a difficult decision. Government really has to look at it. Uh, uh, you know, we advocate to all our uh, members in the associate, Lankwetfung Association to have social distancing. Uh, you know, and, and something that really strikes me that uh, we've had nine cases 
only uh, three cases in March 18th, two in March 20th, and four March 21st, which is nine cases. And then Pure Fitness had two on March 19th. In, in, for January, February, it's very strange, uh, and early March, uh, there's been no cases in, in restaurants and bars. We haven't heard of a lot of cases. But suddenly, when the spike came back with uh, people coming back from overseas, um, just with a matter of three days, you've had nine right. cases. Do you think they're being they're bringing these sort of more casual attitudes back with them? I think, I think so. I think basically, I can see that. Uh, you know, many of the Westerners or Wilos, as we call them, uh, don't uh, wear masks, which is wrong. I think it's very important uh, to wear masks. Uh, you're supposed to keep a one one point five meter distance between each other. Uh, we were advising all the members of the association to do this to make sure uh, that the people do wear masks and, and, and try to limit the amount of people. Business is not great to start with, so they're not overly packed. Uh, but it, it's very strange because these nine cases are not in one restaurant or one bar. It's it's throughout, you know. And if you closed certain areas, like the people have asked, oh, close like with them, they'll just go to Soho or they'll go to Sayyidun uh, or Wan Chai or other areas. So, uh, you know, the solution is really to to find out why suddenly there's been a spike uh, in, in these last uh, few days. And, and, and I think the government has done a very good job by really closing down, uh, having the quarantine, having people returning from overseas. But a, but a lot of people are defying the quarantine, That's aren't they? the problem. Yes, that's a big problem. And that's something that, uh, but at least Carrie Lam came out and was very strong in saying that anyone found defying it will not just be given a warning, will really be prosecuted. Right. Uh, and so that's it, something that we have to get tough. Because they're being taken off to quarantine centres, aren't they? The, that, the ones yeah. who have broke, breached the rules are going to quarantine centres and they're going to be prosecuted later exactly. as well. Exactly, and that's something that's really, really important because, really, I, you know, as a citizen, I and if I have family as well, I don't want to see anyone get affected. Government's done a really good job for the first part of the of, of the year, whereby we really were able to control it. Uh, but but suddenly we've had this spike when people start coming back, and I, I just think it's maybe that two week period where people started coming back and there was no quarantine for them. I think that. Uh, we'll probably have another week or two weeks of spike, and then hopefully it'll go back down again uh, because of the quarantine. So I have a question for you, Alan. This is Paul Zimmerman. Sure. Uh, the, if do you is there a code of practice? Is is anybody developing a new code of practice on how to operate restaurants or how to operate a bar in the time of COVID nineteen? Do you have other? Well, well, are, are, are you having a discussion with your tenants about we, the distance between yes, tables, yes, uh, the ability for people to wash their hands? The yes, yes, Paul. We, we've sent out actually a, a, a memo to everyone. We've got about 120 members in the association. And uh, we've sent out a memo, a full page, very detailed, telling uh, them how to do it. We've now posted signs as of today. You'll see signs all over the areas. Uh, reminding people uh, about all these things that we're talking about and, and, and uh, because we really want to win this war. I mean, Hong Kong has done a pretty good job up to now. I don't want to see us falling behind, which is now happening. Yeah, but and as you so say, I mean, we want to win the war on the virus, yeah. but we also want to make sure we, we keep 250,000 people 
in a job, make sure that they can survive, their family can survive, so that they well, don't get health crises because of the economy falling apart or they don't I, have I, any money? I agree, Paul, and that's why I'm saying we've sent out messages. We, we've actually met uh, the head of the association, has gone to every restaurant herself personally, speaking to the operators, and we, are, we have what we call ambassadors that go out now on, on uh, nightly and, and daily uh, uh, rounds, you know, really to talk to people and see what, what can be done. You know, as we speak, in about uh, an hour or so, uh, we will have a press conference, actually, in, in Lang Kwai Fong with Tommy Chung, the executive exco member. Uh, there's a, Town Gas has a new process, uh, a spray, that supposedly they're using it on taxis right now, but you can spray uh, restaurants and, and all the furniture, everything, and supposedly it lasts for three months. No germ can penetrate it. And so we're going to do that for all the restaurants in the Lang Kwai Fong area. And we have the press there, uh, I think, at 11 o'clock to uh, show them exactly. Tommy will, will be he's promoting it since he's head of the Restaurant Association. And, and, uh, Alan, and, and, I think you, yes. I, I take your point about it's no good picking area by area. It's either got to be all the restaurants exactly. in, in town closed for two weeks exactly. uh, with exactly. maybe the government help for the staff, uh, the UK system exactly. covering 80% of the way, or, or nobody. It, it's all or yeah. none, isn't it? Correct. Correct. Uh, and we've had 92 new cases in two days. That it, it's it, We're in risk of, of slipping but, over the you know, abyss. The, the problem is the 92 are not uh, uh, restaurants and bars, you know. No. I mean... Uh, so we've got to really look at, as I said, we've had nine cases in, in uh, three days, which is not great, but uh, it's, you know, compared to, to 92, it's a lot. And, and uh, it, it's more than the restaurants and bars. You know, in the first uh, session, there was one family that uh, went out for hot pot, remember, and got 15 were, were infected because they all ate. Right. Them, you know, so, so I mean, uh, this is less than the one family. But uh, it's, it's not an excuse. I mean, we need to, we're educating our restaurateurs. I hope every other district is doing exactly the same to, uh, because I don't want this to spread. And uh, we've got to really get over it. And, and the other um, one that is kind of apparent to me um, is the ability to wash your hands without touching anything and to come back from where you have washed your hands without touching anything. It's still in a lot of places, the toilets tend to be three doors away in the back of a staircase. And it seems to be, it's kind of very hard. And I find it, I wonder whether there is going to be a code of practice where that is going to be held, not just the spraying of a bit of alcohol or some coating where we're going to really make it possible for people to see that everybody is being hygienic and that it's easy to have access to hygiene. I think that's a very good point, Paul, and welcome to Hong Kong, unfortunately, that, you know, because of the spaces are so t tough. Um, I think that uh, very important washing and, and wearing a mask, the most important thing, and Paul, even for you to get as well to all, as many people as you know, wear masks. I, at the beginning, I must confess, I was not a mask wearer because I was listening to American doctors saying, oh, masks are not necessary, whatever, but they, they really do help. I believe that's really why Hong Kong did so well in the first part of January and February, but because they're wearing that, we're wearing masks. And that's really important. I know there's been accusations that Westerners are not wearing masks and they don't care, but, and, and again, in the U.S., I 
talk to many of my people who are worried about friends, who are worried about what's going on. And uh, no, they don't wear masks. And, and maybe that's one of the problems. So I think that's really important that we have to get the message but out. But the reality is the masks. reality is that many a higher proportion than the general population don't wear masks, and that uh, and you know very well that they t- tend to uh, congregate, concentrate in places like Lang Kwai Fong and uh, and Soho. They drink. Their inhibitions are down uh, even more. Oh, the music's loud, so they're getting closer together to communicate and things like this. It's just a recipe for disaster. And to say, well, it has happened yet uh, is completely the wrong way that's completely the kind of thinking that we should be avoiding no well I, exactly i mean i mean what what i'm saying is that is that we're uh telling our our members really to space to to do social spacing you know uh, really you know and, and i i know sometimes the waiter or waitress might forget or, or that kind of thing but it's really important that everybody does change their habits of, uh, you know until we get over this and 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 it's just it's an educational process i think that's the only thing i can say unless we do close for two weeks or okay, three weeks quick, or quick, whatever it is quick comment uh, this is from matthew who says i think i recall mr zeman on back chat and in other media imploring us to urgently go out and spend the ten thousand dollars which we haven't received yet in lang kwai fong and elsewhere to prop up business and did i hear you correctly and if so do you still suggest we do so at this moment well, I think you, I think you can do it. Listen, I just want to get. I want to save jobs. I mean, the ten thousand. I think getting the economy back in Hong Kong because things are really, really bad for many, many businesses. And so, uh, the only reason I said spend the ten thousand, whether it's Lang Kwai Fung, whether it's in a shopping mall, whether it's whatever. Uh, you know, I was jokingly saying, "I'll oh, spend it in Lang Kwai Fung." But uh, definitely, if you are going to spend it, and you, you will spend it. Uh, spend, you know, uh, be smart. How when you go out, just uh, think about all the things we've talked about. Yeah. And, okay. Uh, We're out of time. Alan Zim, thank you very much indeed for joining us today, Chairman of Lanquai Fong Group, and uh, Paul Zimmerman, Southern District Councillor. Back with more after the news at nine. The weather mainly fine with a bit of coastal fog. Twenty-four degrees now. Humidity is at eighty-six. Wind. Undoubtedly, we welcome this positive signal because we're reaching the point where we expect to see tangible signs about the effectiveness of the confinement measures that we've taken. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Welcome back. Back chat on a Monday morning, first one of the week with Mike Rouse and me, Hugh Chiverton. We're continuing to talk about aspects of the coronavirus. We were joined by Alan Zeman from the Lang Kwai Fong Group in the first part of the uh, programme. Uh, between now and 9.30, we're going to be talking to uh, Ross Feingold, uh, Ross Darren Feingold, the Business Development Director at Safe Pro Group, a consultancy that advises clients on global travel security, and uh, to uh, Charles Mock, who's the uh, information technology sector lawmaker. Uh, as ever, you can join in by uh, calling us on 233 That's the preferred option. Uh, you can email bankchat at rthk.hk, but I will have to edit your uh, comments uh, for length, and I'm sorry if I mangle them. I beg your pardon. Um, uh, or you can comment on our Facebook page, and everyone can read your comments there for all eternity. That's uh, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. Um, let's see. Uh, some of the comments. This is from John, uh, who says, We're being told that it's a critical period and the public should be disciplined. 
But walking past the popular coffee shop in Wan Chai, yesterday it was full with a queue of 15 people. It's the same most days. It's absolutely crazy that closed spaces like bars and restaurants are still open. Uh, sad, only when it's too late will they be closed. Europe didn't lock down early enough and we've seen what's happened there. Time to be smart now if we have enough hope of containing uh, this virus. Uh, Norman says, well done, selfish, reckless people in Hong Kong. You have the freedom to put the rest of us, especially the elderly, those with other illnesses and the vulnerable in danger by defying quarantine orders, drinking it up in Soho and Lang Kwai Fong, attending wedding banquets, going to gyms and so on. You have the freedom to refuse to wear a mask even on public transport. Uh, even in Europe, Italy has called on the military to enforce quarantine measures. The UK is forcing all bars, restaurants, gyms and theatres to close. Malaysia is deploying military lockdown. Hong Kong is on the way to experience another wave of infection if we don't take more drastic measures. And Ching says, our life is stranger than fiction. Several European countries, such as Spain and Italy, have nationalised all private medical services. The French government stands ready to nationalise big companies. There will soon be more state-owned enterprises in Europe than in China. <laughs> now some Western governments are taking more drastic measures. The UK's emergency coronavirus bill will enable emergency powers to be switched on and switched off if and when needed for up to two years, according to the latest British news. Hong Kong should seriously consider similar measures to empower the government to save lives. They can follow the British example. We need a strong government in times of crisis says Ching. Uh, Colin says, uh, it looks like the Hong Kong government shot itself in the foot. Why do they give people four days to return to Hong Kong to beat the self-isolation rule? They caused panic. Additional planes were put on as people rushed to return to Hong Kong. People Clearly some of those returning were carriers of the virus and some were even sick. The spike in infections is very worrying and has put Hong Kong at further risk. Questions must be asked, why did the government not impose the isolation order for those coming into Hong Kong uh, immediately? Uh, Hong Kong people do need a government that makes sensible and logical decisions in the best interests of Hong Kong. Mr Pink says... Uh, in the past couple of months, or for the past couple of months, the government did an admirable job in containing the spread. Uh, until very recently, Hong Kong was seen by many as an example of how to follow, uh, to follow in how to tackle the virus. But the recent surge in imported cases undoing much of the government's good work. Uh, uh, the government should immediately do the following. First, it should ban all non-residents from entering Hong Kong. Second, uh, the government should extend the restrictions on the 14-day home quarantine to together with the requisite bracelets on anyone living in that residence. Thirdly, it should set an example with the 41 individuals who have breached the quarantine rules and slap the maximum six-month prison terms on them. This might seem harsh, but the government needs to send a clear message to others who are considering breaking the quarantine rule. Uh, and uh, in uh, emails, Umesh says quarantine in Hong Kong sadly is not being enforced. All arrivals should go to a quarantine centre on arrival. That's the only way you can stop all these issues of people running out on errands or entertainment or for restaurants. Uh, that comes uh, from Umesh. Uh, Phil B says the bars and restaurants should all be closed now. If done for three weeks, we may be able to avoid longer closures later. Paul is talking nonsense. That's from uh, <laughs> Phil B. Uh, and uh, Peter T uh, says, okay, this is a request. I'm not sure if you want, if you were looking for pupils or just information, Peter T. I'm not sure. Anyway, Peter T says, um, 
Uh, I'm seeking your experience, personal or indirect, of the current practice of professional piano teaching in virus-hit Hong Kong. My Hong Kong-born daughter in UK is a small-scale piano teacher in a semi-rural part of the Northwest. As a conscientious pharmacist whose career is on hold while she concentrates on her young family, she wishes to find a responsible way to continue her teaching in the current state of increased lockdown in the country. Any relevant news of the situation here in Hong Kong uh, would be helpful that comes from peter t so you're looking at advice on how to teach piano to other people in the uk is that the idea or looking for pupils or what to do or there yeah My, uh, well, i know someone whose cello lessons have all been abandoned um they won't get because the teacher and the pupil are so close so st- it, it has to stop uh unless you can do it on the internet well, well, because I do know people who are doing piano, who are doing uh, teaching lessons on the internet. Actually, I do know one, so I'll get one. Yeah, yeah. somebody who's doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, because you can hear the pl- playing the piano, and you can say, "Do this." Yeah, do but that. you want somebody who's watching your hands move, don't you? On the on the keys, someone to say that's how to hold the bow of the you have a camera. violin. Or yeah, you have a camera. Uh, well, I think we need Charles Mock on this because it's <laughs> okay. one of the general questions. All right, on on the technology uh, aspect. Um, uh, let's see, uh, there's this comment from Paisley who says, uh, Carrie Lam, what are you waiting for? It's imperative you act immediately to prevent our city from being sunk by this virus. Uh, all non-residents should be banned. Uh, the, meanwhile, it's clear that your home isolation policy is unsuccessful with many examples of individuals breaking off their wristbands and going out into the public to potentially spread the virus. Therefore, I suggest you scrap the home quarantine policy for any returning residents and said they should all be placed into quarantine centres with specific hotels being considered as potential designated locations. That comes from Paisley. Uh, Charles Mock, good morning to you. Morning. Thank you very much indeed for, for joining us. Um, uh, how is that going? Because we heard about, uh, you know, uh, quite a lot of technical problems with the with the wristbands and with the home quarantine procedures. Yes. What's your assessment? Well, I, I, I want to sum up the problems with the wristband uh, in three areas. First is the expectation because, uh, well, we've been using the wristband for about, you know, more than a month. And, uh, in fact, uh, my understanding is that they have gone through four generations. You know, the first one uh, was bulky, uh, expensive, because for every wristband, they have to pair it with a cell phone, a mobile phone that they uh, distribute to the person at the same time. So, obviously, you cannot do the same thing with uh, 7,000 people returning to Hong Kong uh, uh, per day in the last several days. So uh, they switched to a uh, app approach. So the person only need to download an app into his or her own phone. But uh, because of the lack of supply of the wristband with uh, GPS and location ba- location uh, 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 function, uh, they have to resort to using paper wristband with just a QR code. So it's a matter of uh, really uh, not just the technology, but really balancing the lack of supply. You know, we're not just lacking supplies of face masks. We're also lacking supplies of these uh, wristbands. So uh, so, there, so that's the first problem. I think the expectation that's being set is not proper as to whether the wristband can do what and cannot do what. Charles, that sounds hopeless. Well, well, nobody can create a technical solution and ignore the problem of uh, supply of hardware and, uh, and, uh, and uh, 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 cost. But, but I, I hate to say it, but it's better than nothing. You can't uh, well, well, look at other other uh, countries or other uh, uh, 
city, I would have to say that not every city, when they talk about quarantine and so on, that they have even uh, tried to use similar mm-hmm. technical solution. Uh, now, the second problem that I think they have is actually with the procedure. We heard that a lot of the problems with people returning is that they were not instructed or told what to do at the point of entry. Uh, there was huge confusion with seven or 8,000 people coming back in a day, uh, every day for the last several days after Thursday midnight and uh, or Thursday morning midnight. And also, uh, you know, some people were let go without even uh, telling them how to download the app and so on. And then when they tried to activate the app with the SMS, it wasn't really working. And my understanding is part of that is because of the backlog in the procedure of uh, Department of Health people trying to input the personal data from a scanned image. So a lot of these are procedural issues that they haven't been able to figure out without lack, without adequate testing time. Uh, we went through this when we were talking about the uh, the 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 the, the uh, uh, New Year's Eve uh, the, the fiasco of the uh, 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 Hong Kong Tourism Board, uh, and uh, that was because of lack of testing time. Now this is the same thing, but uh, unfortunately they cannot cancel this particular uh, fun- this particular wristband. They have to roll it out on Thursday uh, uh, morning. So that's the problem. The final problem, of course, is also technical. Uh, in the in the first couple of days, there were bugs, and they were they have to fix it. And I have to say that it's also really because of the lack of testing time, and they were really pressed with no alternative but to roll it out right away. So in a way, the unfortunate situation is that for the last couple of days, uh, people that are entering Hong Kong are becoming the testing subject of this. Uh, relatively untested uh, new right. version of the wristband that is limited also by the supply of hardware. Okay, well, so, I mean, what, what, what a number of our listeners were saying was that it's so uh, ineffective that uh, really people should have been sent straight to government quarantine rather than, you know, rest, trust yeah, them to the uh, I mean, I mean uh, that could be an alternative, uh, but, uh, of course, the government has to probably take over, I don't know, maybe... Uh, uh, 40 or 30 hotels to house these people first, because otherwise, think about it, we're talking about, on the average, I'm understanding about 7,000 people coming back uh, since Thursday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We're talking about close to 30,000 people. Right. Well, actually, my son is in isolation in, a, in his own residential unit since he came back, and I, you know, I haven't got close to him, so we're respecting yeah. this system, but... Uh, it seems a lot, a very large number of people are not. And, and Charles, there's another aspect of the IT that I wanted to ask you about. A lot of children are now studying at home, uh, but especially those um, in, in those small flats, the subdivided units, they're, yeah. they're really struggling to study uh, online because the, the Wi-Fi is not good. What, what can we do about that? I know that some uh, non-government organization or even the jockey club has been sending out uh, uh, SIM cards and uh, Wi-Fi uh, devices, what they usually call the Wi-Fi X, uh, right. so that uh, these uh, uh, children, uh, when they are in older buildings, that you simply cannot, and they, they simply cannot get the broadband that uh, other people can get. 
uh, regardless of cost. Of, of course, cost is also an issue. The government subsidy for broadband charges uh, is grossly inadequate, uh, and uh, and they haven't fixed it in this emergency period of time. Some children don't even have computers uh, because of all the limitations right. of uh, this uh, lack of uh, one child, one PC policy in Hong Kong. Uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, at the moment, we're scrambling for solutions, but at, but in, in fact, uh, it, the government is the slowest to respond. I do see some commercial, of course, uh, NGOs as well as even commercial organizations stepping up to try to do what they can, but, uh, you know, uh, they can never replace a uh, a government scheme where right. they will, they are supposed to be uh, giving 100% of the children... It, it's, uh, it's, it's got to be comprehensive. It, this situation is going to be with us for months. Uh, and, yeah, yeah, it will be for months, and it might occur again. But the standard thing is, think about it. We have an Internet Learning Support Program launched by the government 10 years ago, exactly 10 years ago. And we spent billions of dollars on that program and others. And look what we have right now. We still do not have the policy of one child, one... Uh, PC or laptop. It isn't that expensive. In fact, the government, instead of just saying, I have this policy, give you every child one computer and um, adequate broadband charges every month. Uh, so, if, and, and yet, as you said, if you live in a subdivided uh, flat or otherwise, you cannot have your own broadband set up into your house, we find other ways to subsidize it because uh, uh, mobile charges are probably more expensive than uh, than your uh, Wi-Fi uh, or your broadband uh, home charges. Uh, so, but, but the government uh, would not want to take care of these exceptions. They want something simple. I give you $1,500 a year for your broadband. Think about how much you're paying uh, uh, for your broadband. 1500 for these needy, underprivileged companies, uh, families. It's, it's simply not enough. Okay. Some comment uh, from listeners. Uh, BR says, uh, Dear Bank Chat regarding bars and restaurants, more focus should be on healthy staff and cleanliness, serving us beers and food. After all, if you have one bartender infected, handing out 150 beers an evening, and more likely to be infected that way than sitting near uh, someone on a table who has the virus... Uh, Mo says greedy landlords like Alan Zeman will never give concession and discounts nor close the shops in Lang Kwai Fong as long as they get their rent and uh, till restaurants go bust. Time to shut down Lang Kwai Fong and Hong Kong bars, uh, malls and shops for the time being. Um, uh, Peter M says, I don't understand the logic of giving people sufficient notice uh, of giving sufficient notice to people coming from affected areas, for example, Hong Kong students coming back from the UK to allow them to rush back to beat the quarantine deadline. Surely the likely was an outcome was always to facilitate another spread of the virus, which seems to be what is happening. That is from uh, Peter M. And Linda P says, Dear Backchild, I'm confused about the home quarantine rules for those returning to Hong Kong. These people are often coming from countries where cases have been underreported until now, and there are obviously many people showing no symptoms, but they are carriers. When these people go into home quarantine, they're often 
often going into a home where other families, members and helpers live. I've heard that the other members of the family and helpers in these homes are free to go about Hong Kong as normal. Surely this is ludicrous and completely negates the quarantine altogether. If I'm wrong and there are restrictions in place for the family, how is the government strictly monitoring these members too? Do they also have wristbands? How is the government monitoring who exactly who is living uh, in the same household? From what I've seen and heard, it seems a very large loophole in the system. Uh, that comes uh, f uh, once again, our government is doing too little too late. That is from uh, Linda P. Uh, Ross Feingold, uh, good morning to you and uh, thank thanks for, for joining us once again. Uh, as, as I understand it, looking at news reports, is, is there a similar kind of similar kind of situation in, in Taiwan that there's been a spike in, in uh, cases uh, as people return, as people come in from outside? Is that right? There certainly has been over the past 10 days, and the, the, the public anger is a bit different than in Hong Kong. So uh, generally the home quarantine, the self-quarantine monitoring system has worked well. There, there is a network of uh, kind of locally elected, um, uh, more sub-level than Hong Kong's district. It's more like a block captain uh, who's been very involved. Uh, the police have also had a role at times in, in monitoring and knocking on people's doors as well. There's an app that generally works. Uh, so the public anger is more directed at people from Taiwan who still went on leisure travel in February and March uh, to places like Europe. And uh, those who are now suffering, uh, whether it's economically or you know, social distancing and you know, the changes to society that have to occur because people uh, aren't importing these cases because they went on leisure travel, uh, they've been the subject of a lot of online and, and media criticism for making that decision to travel when it was already well known that this uh, virus was spreading around the world. What, what does Taiwan do when these people come back, or if, whether they're holiday makers or students what what, what does it do well, what are the well, rules now there's a very broad uh, uh, home quarantine requirement for uh, people who are entering so uh, as the listeners probably know taiwan has all but restricted uh, non-residents or non-citizens from entering the country uh, and anyone returning now has to go on home quarantine doesn't matter where they're coming from right oh. and again this is it's been a gradual rollout because previously it was returning from certain locations and then as the virus spread around the world the number of locations that people were entering taiwan from it's expanded mm -hmm. uh, so so there's been a gradual rollout uh, but the authorities seem to be doing well and unlike hong kong the technology backbone seems to be working what about this point about the family members I mean, if, if, if your son or daughter comes back and lives with you, with two or three other members of the family and with a domestic helper and so on, what, what are the well, rules in again, Taiwan? Because, because of sort of the gradual rollout of, of the uh, regulatory and health officials' response, uh, one thing that the government here has also done fairly well is uh, the only word to describe it is they've blanketed the airwaves with public service announcements. So nearly every commercial break uh, while watching a television program, there's going to be at least one, if not more, uh, at public service announcements, and they cover various issues. And so this is this is one of those issues they cover that if there is someone uh, who who is on home quarantine in your household. Uh, how to stay uh, apart from them, and they show people in their homes and how to stay apart. And uh, the, the speaker, the narrator, is a doctor, senior right. health officials or, or uh, physicians from hospitals. Uh, so the, the credibility level 
uh, to be frank, is, is, is relatively high. And, and obviously, after last year's events in Hong Kong and, and the failures of the past few weeks, uh, the credibility level of the Hong Kong government is quite low in the eyes of the public. What about bars and restaurants? Has Taiwan closed them? Uh, generally, no. So the, the social life is, is continuing fairly normally. Uh, some restaurants have moved to takeout only, uh, but generally they're still open. Uh, and, and again, this is just consistent with the overall uh, situation as far as the number of confirmed cases, deaths, uh, you know, both being relatively low. Uh, I, I, I think we could have confidence in the authorities in Taiwan that if they thought it was necessary to move to that level of restriction, they would do so. And, and again, based on the way things have succeeded over the past few weeks, they would probably succeed in implementing that as well. I, I will say that a, a lot of people, they're just speaking anecdotically to friends, a lot of people are not going to restaurants, even though restaurants are still open and some people still go. And uh, a lot of people are using the, the food delivery services, uh, whether right. it's Food Panda or Uber Eats or other local brands. Paul Simon, the you know the government's um, basically said we're going to go back to the kind of closures and the working from home uh, that we used before. Uh, do you think it's going to work this time round, or do you think the situation is different? Because there's a lot more, I guess, cases around in the community. Well, I think that people have been um, taking account for all the stories that came out and and uh, cases that have been published. Uh, if you see my uh, my the WhatsApp and the Facebook messages and the and the emails you get from uh, from residents, uh, I mean, people are fairly aggressive on the on returnees behaving themselves or misbehaving and uh, the situation that has occurred and and you know kind of people getting very close in bars and standing out in streets drinking with each other and partying very <laughs> close face to face and 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 i think people are responding to it and i think it's, it's good that the government has taken action on it but i i i, I keep saying um we gotta make sure that we we get to the situation where it is in in Taiwan that the economy can keep turning, businesses can keep going, social life keep going. Because if we don't, more people will jump off buildings. If we don't, more businesses will destroy. If we don't, the economic infrastructure will disappear. We 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 have a very weird thing, and I don't think people have found the language for it yet. This is not a normal depression or recession as we known it. This is a quarantine recession. This is where we have to find a way of freeze-framing everything that we have, which is little companies and bars and restaurants and in the economy. We've got to freeze-frame it and allow to get through this virus period. But we cannot let this virus destroy everything that is there. And and we have to quarantine. We have to slow down. But if it's going to take 12 months... We have to come out the back end of the 12 months without having destroyed we, everything. To we're the still point. having an economy. We're still having an economy. So we've got to figure out, and this requires, I think, very diligent communication with the community and working together. That is, we haven't, I don't think we have seen that level of communication that is needed. And I'm so happy to hear what happens in, in Taiwan as a potential example of this constant. But we we talk about containing the spread of the virus, but in fact, all I've read is that we're going to end up with up to 80% of the population having had the virus. It's, it's now in the community forever. So what do we mean by containing? Well, I mean, so, so we see different strategies in Europe and, and in Taiwan and Hong Kong where we believe we can contain 
and get through to the point that people can get vaccine and immunity in Europe. They have taken another approach in, in, in this promoted very much in, in, by the scientists in, in the UK, but also by the politicians in, in, in Holland uh, and places like that about letting the immunity grow uh, in, within the, the community and try to just keep the peak down. But what we don't really see is what is that level of immunity that is around. How many people are immune in Wuhan? 10 million, 20 million, 30 million, 50 million. We don't see the numbers. We don't have a clear view of what happens under the water. We kind of see this little peak and the lowering of the peak. We see the chart all the time. But it's the, um, it's, it's, we've got to get a better understanding of the whole process. Okay. Uh, some uh, comments to finish off. Tom on Facebook, a longer comment, but uh, uh, highlight. Tom says, uh, fatalities in Italy are an astonishing 100 times higher than China. Uh, it's mystifying the number of Westerners passionately arguing that masks don't work online. Is there a head-in-the-sand mentality to this? Mm. Young people are mostly unaffected by the virus. They're disrupting one's fashion style with a mask that may prevent deadly disease from becoming transmitted to the people around you. Not that important. It's like arguing for the, for the rights of drunk drivers. That's uh, Tom's take uh, on that. And uh, Mr Singh says there is a more crowd on outer islands during uh, weekends. I think Matthew was mentioning that as well. I request the government to control that. Many ferries are full and there is no social distance uh, as required. Uh, Anna, Anna Fenton says uh, music teaching lessons do continue online. No problem. I can put T Peter T in touch with a teacher who teaches via phone and also using a two-way camera setup. It works well. That comes uh, from Anna. Uh, and uh, Andrew K says uh, I sent the mail below a while ago that said I don't think that Western governments, Western democratic governments, have the strength or balls to implement the discipline needed to contain this virus. Andrew K says now we're inundated with students from European schools who are infected and not abiding by the quarantine rules and spreading the virus. Hopefully our government will have the resolve to take the unpopular decisions needed. Uh, Mike says India can put a blue indelible mark on your finger uh, so you don't double vote. Why not do something easy like that? <laughs> that takes two weeks to wear off. Think outside the box. That's with regard to quarantine. Nice one. That's uh, Mike's suggestion. And uh, Mike uh, also has a longer message. Mike says... Did I say something that offended you? Sorry, I'm not sorry. I'm not here to pat you on the back or give out blue ribbons. I do my research, and if someone wants to challenge any comments, I'm all ears. I will listen and re-examine my position. The latest from the Bronx in New York, closing down the city is going to be the new norm. A comment from one of the busiest ERs. Hey, Dad, this corona is bad. I've watched a 23-year-old come in, no respiratory symptoms, end up in ICU in eight hours on a ventilator fighting for their lives. And a 70-year-old confirmed corona patients only having the sniffles. There seems to be hereditary immune issues we need to study. Hope I'm lucky. I've been exposed dozens of times. Send me some masks. I have a two-day supply left. Bye, Dad. I only share information I've confirmed to be true. I get it. Some aren't going to like it, says Mike. I think that's referring to uh, his son, who's uh, working as a doctor in uh, New York. Thank you very much indeed for that. Thank you very much indeed to our guest this morning, to uh, Ross Darrell Feingold, Business Development Director at Safe Pro Group, a consultancy uh, advising clients on global travel security, to IT sector lawmaker Charles Mock, and to uh, Paul Zimmerman, Southern District Councillor. Thank you all very much indeed for joining us today, and of course to uh, all the many, many uh, emails and uh, comments from listeners thank you very much indeed we'll do it all again tomorrow at half past eight uh we'll see if we can find a more cheerful angle we've we've had requests to do something that's a little bit more upbeat 
we'll scratch our heads and see what we come up, come up with. I'm Any suggestions, surpri- Mike? You're always... Yeah, I, we are going to get through this. We're going to come out of the other side of it. Um, and I'm afraid a few people are going to die on the way. So I think we just have to be philosophical. Okay. And the weather, mainly fine, apart from some coastal fog. Temperatures up to 28 degrees, 24 degrees now. Humidity is at 85%. How to clean our hands properly. First, wet hands under running water. Then keep hands away from the running water. Apply liquid soap and rub hands together to make a soapy lather. Then rub it in accordance with the seven steps of hand washing. Palm. Back of hands. Finger webs. Back of fingers. Thumbs. Fingertips. Wrists. Rub our hands for at least 20 seconds. Rinse hands thoroughly under running water. Nine thirty-two. the news now with Samantha Butler. A microbiologist says he expects the government will have to scale up measures to combat the spread of the coronavirus as a second wave of infections is underway. Dr Siddharth Sridhar from the University of Hong Kong was commenting as calls grow for the government to close bars, restaurants, cinemas and gyms. President Trump has announced increased federal aid to tackle the coronavirus in the hotspot states of New York, California and Washington. Field hospitals are to be set up offering thousands of extra beds. And the head of Italy's Civil Protection Service, Angelo Borelli, has expressed cautious optimism about the latest daily figures for new infections and deaths attributed to COVID-19. There were slight drops in the numbers. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock. Stand by for the brew. Uh, sociology prof from the University of Set and Costume Design, great interpreter of Beethoven. And by oh so shy, quiet and retiring doggy council, co-founder of Rockefeller Records. Hello. This is really for adults, it's not really for kids. Good morning. Yeah, well, it's fun, you know. Hello. The side of what's happening behind the lift. Good morning. In-depth interviews and also observations. Absolutely no way. On your radio and live online, this is The Morning Brew. Welcome to Monday. I hope you had a lovely weekend. I'm Phil Whelan. We're back on it with The Morning Brew. Virtual rugby with Robbie McRobbie at 10.10. He's going to join us for his Monday update. To start the week in earnest, 10.40, we're off to New York, of course, to chat with author and columnist Tracy Guam. She's got a few things to talk about today. Some articles about the possible upsides. That's not really the right word, is it? Of all that's happening right now. Should we say knock-on effect? After 11, going to turn our attention to all those millions of freelance people in the world who are currently suffering severely. Huge number of people in the arts, for instance, are freelance. In fact, probably most of them. Even people who perform in some of the world's most famous orchestras with the big names, they're contractually freelance. And their income stream has just stopped. So what now? I'm going to catch up with a very well-known Australian orchestra conductor and broadcaster, Guy Noble also a freelancer, via video on Facebook Live as he's probably going to be wandering Sydney seafront. 12.10, we'll keep the cameras rolling and find out where Canadian adventure and videographer Marcus Pukkanen is. You remember he showed us some beautiful rural Nepal scenery a few weeks ago. So we'll see what he's got to share with us today as he continues to travel around the world without the use of power. This is Pete Song. Go crazy. I'm Radio 3.